Hi, y'all. This is Julia Paganelli-Marine from B-Bomb Presents. Today we're with Sofia Ordaz. Welcome, Sofia. Hi, Julia. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Sofia Ordaz. I'm a cultural programming coordinator at the Multicultural Center at the University of Arkansas and a poet uh, based in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Oh, man. I'm so pleased that you're here. You're going to share a poem that you sent me. I would love for you to read it to us um, and then maybe share a little bit about um, what inspired you to write the poem and uh, share with our listeners uh, what this poem means to you. The poem that I'm going to share is the first Sistina I ever wrote. Um, Can you tell us what a Sistina is? So it's a poem that is, um, it feels like a braid and it feels kind of convoluted, but it's so magical when you pull it off. Um, and it's complex 39 line poem featuring the intricate repetition of end words and six stanzas in an envoy. The envoy at the end is three lines and you try to include the six ending words staggered throughout it. So it's complicated. No, I don't know that I've ever written a sestina, and every time I try to describe it to someone, I have to look up what a sestina is because this, the form is complicated. Yes, it is, and it's that's why I wanted to uh, tackle it because I, I've thought to myself, if I successfully execute a sestina, then I can shut down like my imposter syndrome completely. <laughs> so now I feel like I can do that. And so this sestina um, took me... Oh, some months to write. And because I was always tinkering with it in the background, you know, this is during my burnout semester of grad school. Probably was all written like last semester. And I had like um, one reader read it. Thank you, Yaya. But yeah, it's about trying to weave um, something from the intergenerational trauma that my family has, learning what the decoloniality is, you know, um, which is kind of a lens of seeing the world as irrevocably tied to colonialism, uh, specifically in an American context, because the people who like really have used this term is uh, Walter Mignolo. He's Argentine. But yeah, just looking at how like the ways that we like knowledge systems we have, like empiricism is valued over oral tradition, for example, right? Because how do we how can we trace back the knowledge systems or the epistemologies that exist in the Americas back to colonization? That's coloniality. And how might that extend to like love too, right? How does us treating others as um, someone something that's you invest in or something that's expendable? How is that traced back to capitalism or mercantilism? I'm thinking of a lot about things trans historically because of grad school. <laughs> Yeah. And also because I, I also am learning about my family history more, you know? Yeah. So. Awesome. Thank you, Sophia. That's really thoughtful. Would you read us your poem? Absolutely. It's called um, Sistina on Waking Up from a Dream of Decolonial Love. The PSA says, try, let God rest. But maldita sea, I have tried. Diosito, I'm dying mid-try. Think socorro. The patrona twists the blade. Socorro teeters on the grimace of an eternal curve. Just like that, the caged body covets the autonomy to succumb. Just like that, sweetly sings the promise of forever's kiss. Inside forever, fallen hides commune in our ancestors' kiss. Nations are born from tendons, sinews, and marrow and rest. Heartbeats, breaths, and blinks 
waltzing toward a succumb, worshiping the original miracle, which was creating while forgetting to try. We are tucked in by the dulling of some grand intellectual blade, drifting on the longitudinal red waves of a sunset's curve. Youth find homes in the querying of lover friends. I curve, weightless and uncomplicated as a Samara seed kiss. Beso de tres underneath tomorrow's legislative blade. Point to rituals of love before gender and all the rest. Where faith mandar carajo the compulsion to try and where brown eyes use honey, commanding succumb. Yes, 16-year-old Javi hurt and hurt himself to not succumb, to shackles of past generations, crooked grinding on a dangerous curve, seeing as it embraced him when no one else knew to try. He found the border of heaven and hell and gave it a kiss. Look, right there, where the euphoric wink melts into a jackknife blade. Far away, his tired mother begged, please try, mijo, let God rest. All conditioning must collapse, and so naturally have he found rest, where laughing and wailing, 20 generations of separation succumb. In his dream, their fiercely protected miracles whispered like a blade. A pupil and a navel and a baby's cheek are the same curve. We were and are always meeting across borders. Blow a kiss. Catch the kisses flying your way by their wings. Grit your teeth and try. The maize he eats holds a daughter, a mother, and a grandmother's undying try. I cradle this triptych of mijas inside me for two quarter notes and a rest, and breathe them out where the golden arches and pale steeples kiss, my paper world on its solstice-swollen horizon. The rolling green succumb to sticky Ozark amber. I know without trying that this is related to the river's curve, whereas it girl, Abuelita plucked Japulinas from a sweet grass blade. Like bouncing rubber, all we do is try. Vaulted from American Dream's exacting blade and American Dream's elusive kiss. The force catapulting us forbade us to succumb. Strange, how the dream that kept us up without rest dissolves into our smile's curve. Another dream is possible. I believe it without thinking. Hmm. Thank you, Sophia. What was it like to write this poem? Were there moments that felt really challenging to write through? Every single stanza felt challenging. <laughs> and there was there were lines I knew um, from out the gate that needed to be in there. It was just a matter of finding the right place where I could plant them. So mm. a lot of filling in the blanks and figuring out the, the scope of the story as well that this poem tells. Um, it's... There's a lot of references to my mother who um, cleans houses and then my brother who um, dealt with a lot of addiction growing up as a teenager. And now he's clean. He's all good. But just I was thinking back to that time in my life when I would see like my mom challenged at work, you know, and like coming home really tired. And then I would see what my brother was going through. And like one time he like came back from the bus and like he was passed out right like I remember that memory a lot like it was very in, in a very intense time for our family and I felt like I couldn't make sense of anything now that I am 25 um, I was starting to see more of the connections of how the things that we are faced with tie back to what my grandparents had to go through what their generation had to go through and how we each respond differently to the different like um, pressures of 
uh, being Mexican or Mexican American in the U.S. and um, I wanted to find to to tell that encompass everything in there, and to kind of tap into a voice that held truth that was not my mom, that wasn't me, that wasn't because I'm in the poem too as a character, I guess. Yeah, it wasn't my mom, it wasn't me, and it wasn't my brother. It was um, a voice that was bigger, and I feel like those lines that like that came from the voice that was bigger were the ones that came earlier mm. in a way. Um, and then I was able to plug it in to each of my family members' stories and my own story. Sometimes when we write a poem, there are different voices we're channeling or like different versions of ourself in a poem. I think it's always really interesting, the wrestling that comes with that in the writing of a poem. Thank you so much, Sophia. Thanks for having me today, Julia. It was great to take some time to just dig into poetry. And I can't wait to go to some of the community events you have organized out here. Thanks for creating community between poets in this area of our state. Thanks. Yeah, it's a pleasure, too. This has been Bee Balm Presents Sophia Ordas, a project of Bee Balm Arkansas and KUAF Public Radio. I'm your host and the creator of Bee Balm Arkansas, a community writing experience for writers of all levels in Northwest Arkansas. Bee Balm Presents is directed and filmed in the Listening Lab by Emerson Alexander. Our show is produced by Micah Poor. You can stream our series at listeninglabkuaf.com or download episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Special thanks to Avery Martin for permission to use their song, Peach Pretender. It's a sneak peek from their unreleased EP by Avery Lee and the Sweeties, dropping in spring 2024. You can find out more about Bee Balm Arkansas at beebalmarkansas.com or by following us on Instagram. Listener, thank you for joining us.